0: Hello, and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains Podcast. We're up to round 24. We have three, three rounds, four rounds, four rounds, including this round remaining. Um, Josh made some huge scores last week. Uh, I hit the 1100 mark. So did you. How did you fare, though, in terms of ranks gained? Because there really wasn't much movement, even with those kind of monster scores. Yeah, that was the story of the week, I think, man. I was like, oh, you beauty, Uh,
1: beat my last top score by about 100 points, but went up about 20 ranks. So um, get that on the big jobs, I guess. A lot of good scores. I thought I'd pulled off a masterstroke when I captained Sean Johnson just for then Cleary to score 91, like a few hours later. So um, it was a big old what-could-have-been weekend, I think.
0: Yeah, pretty crazy some of the scores that we had, like Haas in the 80s, Johnson and Cleary in the 90s, and then a bunch of scorers in the, you know, 60 to 70 mark. Um, and all from that high-owned, um, all from the, like, high-owned players like your Horsboroughs, your Tarpanies, Yo's, Grant's, you know, all the big guns performed this week, which was good. So, you only really jumped if you had a few pods that... Uh, jumped out really that not many people had like if you played dan russell or someone like that getting a 57 over some of these other bench players you might have done pretty well um but you know some poor scorers from some high owned players would have brought some some coaches down but uh nonetheless huge scores let's hope that doesn't continue because when you get 1100 plus you're really disappointed when you don't really move fast so i'm really hoping it uh it's different this week Um, But with the Cowboys on the buy, a pretty high-owned player isn't playing this week, and that is Scott Drinkwater, who I know you don't have, but what are your thoughts about him for people that do own him? Yeah, we're just reminiscing
1: before we started that I had the coin flip of going Mulatalo or Scott Drinkwater. It was a genuine coin flip for me a couple of weeks ago, and one's now 400k and the other's 800k. So clearly a great decision by me, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'd be pretty tempted to hold him if I was an owner. He's got a decent-sized break-even, but he's also got some nice matchups coming up after this week. Uh, he plays the Dolphins one of these weeks. He plays the Sharks one of these weeks, which I think they're possibly like a bogey team. I guess they did beat the the Rabbits on the weekend, but I guess the Sharks don't really scare me as a matchup like they did a couple of couple of weeks ago. And then they've got the Panthers this last round as well, which would be an interesting one depending on where the Panthers are on the ladder. They could just rest everyone and give the Cowboys um, yeah, a kind of easier matchup there. So I quite like those three ones for the run home. I can understand why people are selling him to, to upgrade to a, to a Haas or something like that, but I'd be pretty tempted to hold him
0: personally. He's, he's been unreal. Yeah, he has been. I think most people are just a bit scared of the last couple of scores, you know, in the in the 30s and 40s where his scores before that were, you know, 80, 90 plus, um, which you're, you're hoping for every game. But obviously it's not going to happen because those scores came with some huge attacking stats, which, you know, he's not going to keep up every week. But uh, yeah, the main thing is, like you mentioned, he's worth 800k, so he's a prime candidate to sell because he's on the buy. And the fact that you can get in an actual gun, like if you don't have a Cleary or a Hines, you don't have a Haas, maybe even a Yo or a Grant or someone like that. If you don't even have SJ yet, you know, you can easily sell him off to get a, a premium gun at this part of the season. Um, but let's get into some of these team lists and we can talk more about uh, drink water and some trades you can make for him as well when we get to buy, hold, sells. Uh, we'll start with the Manly and Panthers game. Uh, not too many changes, really, for Manly, but the biggest out is obviously Matt Lodge, another front rower going down. He's got an ACL injury and he won't return until mid next season. Um, but Manly, in absolute shambles in the front row, they're playing Tolfo Sipley and Sean Kepi as their front rowers, which means that uh, Burbo gets a bit of a run in the back row as well as Lung he has been moved to the bench. So very short stock in the uh, front rower department, even back rowers. What are your your thoughts there? Do you reckon there's actually any value there? Um, Maybe not from a classic point of view, but maybe if you're looking at a head-to-head draft, do you reckon some of these players might perform?
1: Yeah, look, it's pretty grim, pretty slim pickings. Um, I was just thinking before, like, I think a couple of these players could pass me on the street and I wouldn't even realise who they are. So we're not talking big names here, but I think there is potentially some value around... um, I guess, Burbo for like a cash down option in in Classic is kind of appealing. And then it's kind of hard to see where the value is in this front row rotation. Like, Kepi's done some things at points this year. Um, Sipley as well, I guess, has the starting role. So he'd be one. I guess if you're going to bet on someone, I'd be betting on one of those two. Just have the starting role. But, um, yeah, it wouldn't be putting the house on it. And it's...
0: Yeah, not the, not the best and probably just a deeper league consideration. Yeah, I would have really loved these changes at the start of the season, you know, round one to five, where you're actually looking for some, you know, mid to low tier options to, to make a bit of cash. But unfortunately, it's come in the last few rounds where we're not really looking for that at the moment. Like you said, Burbo is probably the only one, and that's because he's 230K and he's a dual position player, so covers a couple of positions just in case you need him. But realistically, you're not really wanting any of these guys in your final team. Exactly, yeah. Pretty risky. Even
1: Berber like, hasn't been playing
0: 80 minutes or anything like that. I wouldn't yeah. expect him to this week either. Yeah, I think you're probably better off going like a Kotrick or someone. At least he plays 80 and has a chance to score a try. Exactly, yeah. And on the flip side for the Panthers, um, some news out just today that uh, Jerome Luai and Mitch Kenny are out this week, so it probably means that Koga comes in, in at 5'8", and... Uh, for Kenny, maybe Sonny Luke gets a bit more of a run, um, but most likely they'll have a bench hooker that takes some minutes from him. Um, for this Panthers team as well, Isaac Tungor isn't named this week. He's not even on the reserve, so he's out completely. So Zach Hosking still holds that centre spot, and he played quite well, to be honest. Didn't score great in fantasy, but in terms of performance, really good outside um, on, an, on a centre spot there, just outside the edge. Um Thoughts around this Panthers team, because there's some obvious contenders that you want, but uh Sony Luke becomes a bit of a, a cash down cheapy option that might, you know, put up a bit of a score this week.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see um what the injuries are to, to Kenny and Louide there. That could determine whether there's some value for for Classic for any of these folks. And it's kind of hard to say with yeah, either of them. Sonny Luke, like I still don't think he'd be playing more than like sixty minutes uh, in this team, even if uh, you know there was a bench hooker that we didn't really know on this on this bench. I just don't think he's got got the legs to do that. And then yeah. with Cogger, it's going to be interesting. I think he does present a little bit of value for a draft, and it's nice that the Panthers play an early early game. I guess you could take a put him in your reserves in a draft setting and. Uh, potentially, yeah, use him as a loop option this week. It's kind of hard to say. He obviously got a massive uptick in kick meters and things like that when Cleary wasn't there. I think he still presents some value though, and I'd be happy to. I think a lot of leagues are pretty slim in the halves, so I'd be I'd be willing to chance my arm on Cogger and hope he jags a try assist or something and gets over that you know fifty point mark.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. I just yeah, it's going to be hard for for him to score well, considering those base stats are going to be quite limited. Um, But yeah, you're right. If he gets a couple of attacking stats, could boost him up a bit. Um, But I guess for Isaac Tungle, though, in this Panthers team, uh, we said he was a hold two or three weeks ago, but we did, I did mention that this was a potential risk that it's going to be a lingering injury and they're just not going to risk him. Um, He's probably a sell now, right? Yeah, I think so. There's just some uncertainty as to whether he'll be back. Um,
1: I guess, I was decently confident that he was namely extended last week. He'd come back in this week, but it's just kind of usually the case. Not sure what the go is, whether there's another, like, a complication or if it's just niggling on still. But, yeah, I think you can sell him at this point.
0: Yeah, it's surprising that there hasn't been an update about, like, what the actual issue is. It's just a leg injury at this point. There's no, like, specifics about it or anything. It's kind of vague. Yeah, I think you are probably say just a leg, man. Just a leg, yeah. Just what's Shaked. wrong with his leg? Yeah, unbelievable. Um, yeah, probably just get rid of him and move on somewhere else. Like seven hundred k, pretty decent amount of cash to get a, another good center in. Um, if you were thinking of options in the center spot, um, what's the best like sideways option for for um, Tungle? Well, after my boy Lemuelu, obviously. Um,
1: <laughs> you got to stop. In the comp. You got to stop. <laughs> the best center in the comp. Forty nine. Like, he didn't break a sweat on the weekend and pumped up 49. <laughs> so he's still the top option, I think, or at least one of the three. Joey Mano, obviously, he's pretty highly owned. Really like him still. Garrick, they're kind of the top three for me. And then after that, you can start going a little bit more potty, looking at guys like Gagai, even like a
0: Atimico, Penasini, folks like that. You know who's been actually crazy in the centers of the last couple of weeks is uh, Katoni Staggs. Unbelievable last three round average of 71. He has exploded. After being probably the worst center option to go throughout the season, um, or the most disappointing one anyway, he has exploded in the last couple of weeks. Um I don't expect that to continue, but yeah. One that if you did jump on him, you're pretty happy with.
1: Definitely, yeah, he's rocks and diamonds. They got the Eels this weekend. Probably it's not like a matchup you're really scared about. does have to buy next week or the week after. So um, yeah. keep that in the back of your mind as well.
0: Yeah, especially for not just the Broncos players, but also Parramatta and the Rabbitohs. I think they've, they've got the, the yeah. next three buys. Um, yeah, yeah, just make sure you've got backups for them in your team somewhere. Uh, right let's move on to the next matchup, which is the Sharks and the Titans. Not too much to talk about for the Sharks, but for the Titans, the return of Tino from suspension, he goes into the front row, so Aaron Clark holds that position at lock. And uh, Jaden Campbell is also named at fullback with Brimson still uh, still dealing with that um, hamstring injury as well. Uh, would be right to say that um, Mo Waker is out um, because he's been suspended and that's why Tino's in the front row. So don't get too ham on Aaron Clark um, holding that lock spot because he most likely will move it once Fodawaka is back. Uh, thoughts on Tino for the last couple of rounds considering their matchups?
1: Yeah, it doesn't scare me. We talked obviously a few weeks ago. It scares me a little bit more with David Fafita, who's a bit more try dependent. Tino, he's more base dependent. Um, so it doesn't really scare me in that sense. I think you are paying overs for Tino, so I probably don't. I don't like him as much as maybe like a Yo or someone like that for value. Although Yo probably will get rested around 27. Tino won't have a, another rest for the rest of the year. You think but I do think you're paying probably a little overs for him just because he scored tries in those most recent outings that he's got, but I'd still be pretty happy to to lock him in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I think Tino will be a pretty, pretty good option for this last, uh, the last four rounds, um, especially if he can get 60 plus minutes on the park. And I guess the Titans are still trying to push for the top eight, but based on their matchups, you know, they got Cronulla and the, the, um, the Panthers, um, plus the Storm in there as well. So it's going to be pretty pretty rough for them to make the eight at this point in time, but plenty of um, base stats for Tino through the middle, that's for sure.
1: Definitely, yeah. He's been on real this year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. I just want to touch on... There's really not too much in terms of team lists this week, but I do want to touch on the Broncos and Parramatta game um, before we oh, move one on. One other thing I want to, I want
1: to talk yep. about with, with these guys. What are your thoughts on Chris Randall? Um Oh yeah, 360s in a row. The news obviously coming out about Verlls and he's done now for the year. I think, you know, he's been playing in that middle rotation as well. I think he's probably going to be playing upwards of 60, 65 minutes now for the rest of the year. One of the fittest guys, um, I guess going around, that's kind of his reputation, and these matchups, I think against tougher teams might actually really uh, help him to be doing a lot of defense. You'd think against teams like, I I think I got Penrith and you said Storm in in the back end here. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on him, mate? I kind of like him as a potential sideways, even from like a hands or something to, to Randall. That's something I'm really considering this week.
0: Yeah, I actually, I do like Chris Randall as a bit of a pot option. The only thing to take into account is the fact that Tino is back. So the last three scores that he's got in the 60s were without Tino and the team. Now that Tino's back in the fold and taking up big minutes, is will he still be getting 70 plus minutes on the field? All of his, you're right about everything else about him. He's all base stats heavy. So as long as he's on the park, he's going to get plenty of points. The problem is the time that he spends on the field. So I'm... Hesitant to go him because of the fact that Tino's back in the team. Obviously, they lose Mo this week, so they lose another big minute forward, so he might still perform this week. But the last three rounds, once you've got Mo back in the team and Tino, how many minutes does Randall actually get in this pack? Because he plays at hooker for a little bit, but then he goes back into that lock front row kind of rotation role. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what his minutes pan out to be. But I really rate it if if you're looking for a pod... To make up some ranks, Um, Randall's the one to go to because he's under one percent owned and his last three round averages in the mid sixties. So, yeah, he'll he'll outperform some of these other guys. You like like your Cam McInneses or your probably David Fafita at this point as well, based on their matchups. I think.
1: Yeah, just looking, there is obviously Cruz Lemming, uh, the English bloke on the on the bench for him as well, uh, who doesn't scare me. Yeah, doesn't really scare me as well. He's got. 20, he's played 21, 20, and 7 minutes in his last three games for the Titans. So I think, yeah, at worst, you're looking at 60
0: minutes for, well, yeah, around that 60-minute mark, I think, for, for Randall. Yeah, I reckon he'll probably move into the, the lock role or the front row role anyway, Randall. Like, he don't, doesn't play the whole game at hooker anyway, but um, obviously he's just got to be wary of the other forwards around and how many minutes that they take. Nice, no, yeah. Righto. Back where I was talking about before. (laughs) (laughs) Broncos and Paramount. Yeah, I've got to catch up now. Where am I at? Um, For the Broncos, pretty stock standard team. uh, Only change being that Jesse Arthur is out and Dean Mariner moves on to that wing. For the Broncos, though, I just want to pick your brain a little bit. They have the bye next round, um, which means only get three out of the next four games, which obviously, if you're looking at an overall perspective, is a bit of a hindrance if you have any of those players because you're not going to have your best squad. But... Guys like Carrigan and Haas, if you had to choose between them now, would you go Haas or would you go Carrigan? I'd go Haas.
1: He's just, yeah, he's unreal. Obviously, Pat Carrigan has been as well. I just like paying Haas. It's more just like a personal preference, I guess. Um, I've had Carrigan at, at points this year, but I think Haas is more likely to get you the, the higher upside game. And offloads, off pack
0: arrogance, maybe a tad more consistent. Yeah, that's fair. And what about, um, I guess, thinking about the end of the season, you know, coming into the finals week one um, and so on for the, for the Broncos. If they beat Parramatta this week and then they go on to beat the Raiders after their bye round, um, say they can't come first, they definitely get like lock in second. What are the odds of them resting their players for round 27? Yeah, that's
1: a good point that I haven't really considered, I guess, until now, but they may as well, like, if they've got nothing to play for, really. Um, Which is a little bit silly the way the NRL does it, I guess. I think everyone should just get a buy post round 27, potentially. But, um, yeah, I think it's a real possibility as well, for sure. And probably a good reason to keep a few extra trades in your back pocket for the for the last week, because I think there's going to be some carnage.
0: Yeah, it's definitely one to, to think about because, I mean, the Panthers and Broncos are on the same amount of points at the moment. And in terms of points difference, I think the Panthers are ahead at the moment. I'm not sure by how much. It's probably like 50, 60 plus, I think. Um, but they only need to drop one game, the Broncos or the Panthers, and the other team will basically be ahead of them. And that'll be enough to to secure them minor premiership. And I think it's only between really the Panthers and the Broncos for minor premiership. And as soon as one team gets the the head over the other, they'll think about resting players at that point in time. Because I know they obviously want minor premiership, but you've got to think about finals and actually winning, winning the premiership in the end. So you don't want to get into a final series where there's a high potential that, you know, the Panthers will have to play Maybe a storm team, maybe a sharks team if they find some form. If they're first, um, depends on who you know finishes fourth. Um, but then you've got to think about you know if you lose that game, you might be playing a bunnies team that's on the rise, or a, or a knights team that's shown a bit of form as well. So finals is not uh, is not secure for for any of these teams, considering some of the matchups might be a bit um, a bit pointy if some teams find form, especially if you come up against a rabbitos team with Latrell and Cody Walker firing. Yeah, definitely. I think they should rest if they've, if they've got the opportunity to, for sure. Yeah, so in saying all that, make sure you're careful of your trades because <laughs> especially for Panthers and Broncos at the top one and two, they're they they're very prone to resting their players for the last round. So make sure you have enough trades to cover for them for that last round. Um, otherwise, you might be left a bit short, especially if in the top 100, that could be detrimental.
1: Well, have you talked yourself out of your... Um... Drink water to Haas trade because it kind of sounds like you have
0: in the last like few minutes. Uh, no, I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty confident that drink water. Yeah, I I haven't said this yet because we haven't got to buy hold cells, but I'm pretty confident drink water is a sell, and I don't see him scoring huge based on his matchups um, for the last couple of rounds. And the Cowboys are on a bit of a slide anyway at the moment. I think it started um, a couple of weeks ago when they lost to the Titans. Like that's. Yeah, that's huge, the fact that they lost that game. Um, but, yeah, I just, I think 800K could spend much better elsewhere at this point, especially when you've got guys like Tino and Haas and Horsburgh, even a Yo, hanging around that if you don't have those guys, um, even though they might get rested, they're just absolute guns and they are secure 60 points in your team every week. Nah, fair. Righto, are there any players you want to chat about before we move on to the next segment? Uh, let's, have we talked about Dan Russell yet? No, what thoughts I haven't really Dan talked Russell. about him much. Yeah. I yeah. picked up Dan Russell like five weeks ago as a cash down when I saw he, he played one game, uh, for 80 minutes in the back row, scored a 40. And I was like, yep, I'm happy to go him just because I needed a cash down option to get up to yo. This was like just post the, the buy rounds. Um, and yeah, he's been absolutely excellent for me on the emergencies. I haven't even played him, (laughs) but he's been a good option to have. I think he got 57 with a try assist with a line break and a try assist on the weekend. I think he's a secure 40 points in your team, but I don't think he's anything more than that each week, especially in a Dragons team. Uh, What are your thoughts about him? Yeah,
1: I think you've summarized that well, mate. Uh, Yeah, should be a decent 40s. I... I'm still like hesitant. I'm not sure if Jack Bird comes into this team potentially at some point. But there's not a lot of troops there at the at the Dragons. He's an older player, uh, Russell. He, I didn't realise he was like he's in his kind of later twenties, so I was wondering if they were gonna kind of sub him out for someone a bit younger at one point, but at the moment he seems to be going alright, so I'd be pretty happy to lock him in as a as a cash down option if you wanted to go that way.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Burns and, and uh, Russell, as their two edges, have looked quite good. I, I know you talked about um, Jack Bird a bit there, but he it's weird. He's kind of coming back for one week and then he's being rested again. And then hes he did the same thing again the week just gone. He played and now he's being rested again this week. So I think that knee injury is a lot more it's hindering him a lot more than it looks like on the field. Like when he's playing, he looked great on the weekend and I was almost considering him this week as a, you know, maybe a bit of an option, bit of a pot option if he does play because he did play big minutes um, on the weekend. But yeah, I just, I just don't think he can keep playing week in, week out with that lingering knee issue. It's going to be pretty hard for him to get back into this team for next season. I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, definitely needs
0: to get that, that fitness sorted. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying get Russell at this point, but if you did have him, I mean he's he's an okay play option on your bench because he'll get you 40, but like 378k. You probably you probably just want to go basement price at this point, right? You're going to get a 220k player if you're going to cash out someone, right?
1: Yeah, I guess I prefer like a Burbo or I guess we haven't spoken about this new bloke at the the Raiders who's coming in this week for for Seb Chris oh, as well. Yep. Strange. Um, yeah, I guess I would prefer those two over, over Dan Russell, and uh, um, Josh Wong from the Roosters as well. Sia Wong, Josh Wong. So he's not yep. a bad option too, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not wrong. Um, Wong in the back row there, Egan Butcher with his second HIA this year and third in the last year and a half. Um, they're probably not looking like they're going to make finals, the Roosters, unless they win every game. I think Butcher might not come back this season just because of those head knocks and the way Roosters have treated um, concussions and whatnot um, in previous years. So, yeah, Wong's got a pretty decent chance of holding an 80-minute edge spot there. Um, Strange is more likely to hold that centre spot over Sebastian Chris now that they've moved Rapana. Rapana looked excellent at fullback, by the way, last week. Just quietly, he... Yeah, he probably should have been playing there all season, to be honest um Seb Chris did an absolute wonderful job there but yeah Rapana was just looked so dangerous on the weekend um but Seb Chris now with that hamstring hamstring injury I think it was um I think he's out for the rest of the the regular season so he won't be back till finals if the Raiders are secure a spot there I think so yeah so yeah strange not a bad option I don't think he's in fantasy yet though right I don't think so either yeah, he'll be added before the weekend, most likely, so just keep an eye out if you're looking for another basement price player. He won't be two twenty K. I think players come in at two thirty K at basement or two forty, right? Uh,
1: I think two twenty, but um yeah, I think he'll be
0: he'll be around that anyway. Yeah, just about basement price anyway. Righto, let's talk about some NRL mixer, shall we? How did you go last week? Pretty solid. I, um, Captain Sean Johnson
1: and then had DW, oh no I didn't. Oh yeah I did. Had DWZ for the, um, in the wing fullback did well. Zay Kelly did well. My probably letdown was Millie Boyle who got me 78 with the, with the booster. Yep. Um, but no, going alright, I think I'm like 600-ish overall. Um so
0: so decently happy. Yeah, nice. I think overall I'm sitting about one at about the one K mark, which is a bit rough. I put the uh booster on um Torfa from the Raiders and yeah, unfortunately didn't pay off. Um but luckily I had Cleary as captain and you know feeder and Grant did a did a shift last week, which is good. What did I say about Isabel Kelly as well last week? <laughs> Absolute yeah. superstar at center. Scored a double. It. Yeah. I think um, Sergis, unfortunately, she's got some knee issues, so she's probably not going to be back in the next couple of weeks. So Isabel Kelly looks like she's going to be their their main attacking threat for the Roosters. So we'd definitely be sticking with her at centre, and I'm going to pick her this week as well.
1: Me too, mate. She's she's locked in for me week four this week. Um, And then for the other positions, I've... As much as I wanted to stay loyal to um, to Millie Boyle, I have jump ship this week and gone with the crowd with uh, Georgia Hale, and I'm going to boost her. Same. She's been, <laughs> yeah, killing it, scoring like 10, 15 points more than Millie Boyle, so it seems like I've got to make the jump this week. And then going back to the world with um, Emma Manzeman as well, she's been unreal. And, nice. Um, yeah, like her in the, in the hooking option.
0: A few tries as well, actually, Manzelman. So she's looked pretty good there in the middle for the, for the cows. I think I'm still going to go grant this week at hooker. I've, like I said, I've gone Hale and put the booster on her in the, in the mids. Um, I'm looking for a bit of pod inspiration actually for, for the edge position, because I've got to, I've got to pick someone, um, this week. I've got the girls locked in for center and winger fullback. So I've got Kelly and Polite there, but, in the edge role, not a clue who to choose in the NRL, and I'm thinking a bit potty, but um, was going to go Maddo, but now that he's moved back to the bench, probably not a good option. Um, what are your thoughts about, um, you know, a good edge matchup this week? That's what I've done too, man. I've tried to go potty, and I'm kind of doing a Cleary stack
1: here, so I'm going to go Cleary and Sorensen um, for my edges, um, paired up with Latrell, wing or fullback. I think he's due for a massive one as well, the trail this week.
0: Very, very nice. I was thinking Kolo Matangi, but his form hasn't been great this week. was also thinking Jackson Ford against the Tigers, but, you know, you never know with those back rowers for the, for the Warriors. The only other, uh, not obvious one, but the only other one that I'm kind of confident might pay off is Nat Butcher, potentially, against the Dolphins. What are your thoughts about Butcher? Because, obviously... They don't have Egan there. Um, Yeah, he looks like he's probably going to be playing 80 on that edge and has produced some pretty big scores in the past.
1: Yeah, don't mind it as a shout, to be fair. And I was even considering Teddy for that winger fullback spot. So I think the Roosters could have a really nice week against the Dolphins Um, and potentially kind of get their season back on track and make a late finals push.
0: Yeah, yeah, not wrong. They need to. They need all the all the wins they can get at this point. Although I've been I mean, saying if...
1: that for the last like half a
0: season, so maybe not. <laughs> yeah, we've been saying they're going to hit form eventually, but uh, still doesn't look like it. Uh, righto, draft options this week. Uh, what are your thoughts there? I know there's a a few good options uh, lingering around in a lot of people's waivers, but uh, who's on the top of your list?
1: Yeah, big way for draft. Um, at least first week of finals for for the comps we are both in and good luck to anyone especially those folks in the um in the Champions League who have been doing well my buys this week i think top of my my list for draft was um jaden campbell and i just saw i got him in our league so you beauty
0: <laughs> i had a waiver for him actually as well in our league
1: yeah he looks in, he's got that starting spot no bring over this week, so he's a pretty nice plug and play against the the sharks this week, and he plays early, so you could even loop him if you wanted to um i also, yeah, I guess apart from that, there's not too many like massive buys, like I think Randall and guys like that have pretty much been snapped up. I don't mind plugging in a hossing. If he's in your waivers, that's... Even though he's playing center, I think he still was... He looked pretty good on the edge, I thought, so I don't mind doing that still. But, yeah, apart from that, there's not any, like, massive buys in draft or kind of get-em-ins, as we like to say. The only ones I kind of would highlight is the the Cowboys players who have got the buy this week. I think if you're in a position to stash this week, which... You know, if you got that that week one by, I really like picking up a Lukey or a Luge, a valme I kind felt any of these guys that um, have a pretty solid matchup against the Sharks next week. And then the only other one who I also picked up in my draft that I'm decently happy with as a plug and play this week is is Wong from the from the Roost. I think he can come in and do a job as well. And sorry, one other is um. Burns from the from the dogs. I think he's he's got that centre spot. We've seen he can punch out some big scores. I like him as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. the The big one on my list, actually, which you haven't mentioned, is Tua Peaky from the Warriors. With CNK oh, yes. getting his third uh, well concussion, I guess for the season, uh, it's likely that he not only misses this week, but he could potentially miss next week or the week after. Um, maybe they just rest him to finals at this point because they've pretty much got a top four finish. Locked in the Warriors with their form and their matchups. Um, but yeah, Tua Piki looks like an absolute gem at fullback at the Warriors there. Should hopefully, well, should pretty safely score at least 30, hoping for at least 40 plus most weeks, um, especially considering their matchups and most people, uh, well, most drafts will definitely have him amongst the waivers.
1: Yeah, great shout. Really like that. And I've got, I actually did have a waiver for him as well after, yeah, I was hedging my bets. I was either going to get him or, um,
0: Campbell so yeah I really like that as a shout awesome uh let's move to buy hold sells now Josh uh what are your big buys this week um the one that I
1: kind of like this week and it's a bit potty is the is the Randall buy I think he's just been unreal and given this pack is a little bit depleted I think even when the pack is for strength I think he's still got a role there they've um especially in the hooker position, I think he's going to be getting at least kind of that 60-plus minutes. Um, and then there's a lot of good buys. <laughs> this list is kind of, yeah, There's you've got guys like Luttrell, um even Haas. I'm a little bit hesitant on Haas after speaking a little bit more today about it, <laughs> um, given that there's a chance he only plays two of the last four. But then any of these other kind of guns you don't have, I think are still pretty solid, like a Yo, Tino, and, yeah, other folks we've we've spoken about over the last couple of weeks, I think they, any of those guns are still good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I also want to chuck Kiraz again into the mix. I know I was talking about him, what, two months ago now, post the, post the end of the Origin, or even before the last Origin game when he was just coming back into the team from that uh, ankle injury he had. But now that he's moved to the centres, he hasn't scored a try yet, and he's still scoring 40-plus. I think his running average is about 48 or 50 at the moment. So, yeah, Kiraz is another mid-priced option that can be a bit of a pod for you in your wing of fullbacks, especially if you want to downgrade a drink water um, to still get a good scoring player, but then use that extra cash to go up to, you know, a gun, like your Cleary's, like your Heinz, Haas, whatever.
1: Yeah, it would have been really nice if he got that jewel. Um,
0: yeah, being that one coach, game off
1: yeah, it. I know he's a, but
0: I agree. I think it's still a pretty good option as well. Absolutely. What about your holds this week? Most players, uh, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, most players.
1: I think even Cowboys players. I'm willing to hold guys like Scott Drinkwater. If you if you wanted to, um, Reese Robson's, um Cotter any of the back rowers. I think they're all like solid holds if you can this week. I'm not sure about you, mate, but my team's got all green all green ticks this week. So I'm pretty happy to hold any Cowboys. Well, I would be pretty happy to hold any Cowboys if I had any, just to kind of give you that loop option as well. But uh, but yeah, man, I think that's, that's it for me. Everyone else, um, I guess one that is on the line a little bit for me is Buller, who's put out some kind of average scores of late. I think I'm still going to hold him, but I can understand why people would be selling him as well.
0: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you're right there. There's a, like, you, you probably want to have at least one player from the buy rounds for the last couple of rounds of the season just because it gives you that loop option so you can actually, you know, get potentially a huge score into your team. I know I'm doing... The unthinkable this week. I'm looping Burbo, actually, as my <laughs> as my player. Obviously Robson in that um that fourth interchange spot. But uh yeah, I I don't think Burbo's actually gonna do that good. It's just I've got the looping opportunity, so why why not loop kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm trying to loop Burbo. Well, yeah. Maybe he gets a hat trick against the Panthers. I'm sure that's possible. But yeah, we'll <laughs> see what happens. Right, what about your cells this week?
1: Yeah, Cells, I think. Like if you've got hands, I'm decently happy with you selling hands at this point. I think um, with with Lusik there he's just not going to get the minutes. Just mentioned Bullard. don't mind selling him, and that's kind of the main ones. I th- I guess Nickel we that we're just talking about as well. I think you can sell him Jack DeBellin from last week. Any of these other guys that are that are injured, Seb Chris, who's going to be out now. Tungle. I think they can all go. Yeah, Tungo. I see Sandin Smith is on one of the more... He's a, a decently high sell this week. Definitely don't mind that now that he's on the bench, I think. But I don't think any of these are like relatively urgent sells. Like a Sandin Smith, I think, is fine. Just hanging in yeah, your emergencies if you've got that luxury. I don't think he's an immediate sell. It doesn't really matter if he
0: goes down a bit of money. But... Um, yeah, I guess that's what that's where I'm leaning. Mate. Yeah, I think you you focus on your your more high value sell targets like Drinkwaters, oars, CNKs, Bullers. You know the guys that are actually worth a bit more cash. That if you sell them, you can actually make up um, enough cash to get in a gun. But yeah, those lower grade ones like a Hands, like a Sandon. Well, actually, Hands has made a bit of cash, but yeah, Sandon Smith, like he hasn't really made that much to be honest. So they're fine to just chuck in the emergencies for now. Agreed. Righto. Uh, before we move on to the questions, who are your captain's, the options? I think
1: I'm going to play it boring this week and just go Cleary. It was it was so deflating, honestly, watching Sean Johnson be like, oh, he's got two tries, he's got 90 plus, and then for Cleary to just like, kind of turn up and get 90, it seemed. But uh, so I think I'll, I'll stick with him this week against, against Manly, even though... The Warriors have a decent matchup against the Sharks. Sean Johnson just has to do so much to kind of get those points. Um, the only other one I'd be considering is Nico against the Titans this week. Don't mind that as a shout too.
0: Yeah. SJ against the Tigers, great matchup. Cleary against Manly, still a great matchup because Manly have been leaking a lot of points. And Hines against the Titans, great matchup as well. Like, all three of those guys are... Excellent matchups this week, so it's a bit of a bit of a coin flip, but the way Cleary's going, no real tries and just racking up points from nowhere, I think he's the, the safest of the, the three, like you said.
1: Yeah, thinking more about it, I'm really considering a Heinz versus the Titans this week. I think that could be a massive one, but um, yeah,
0: I think as you were saying, Cleary's definitely the safest. Awesome. Let's move on to some fan questions now. Um, if you have any questions, head to our Instagram page. We put up a story every week for those questions, so feel free to submit them there. A lot of the questions this week are about Tungor, you know, worth it selling him. Should I hold him another week? Um, consensus is sell, correct?
1: Yeah, I think so at this point. It's just the uncertainty.
0: And it's- I guess same with... Yep, sorry.
1: Oh, yeah. I wasn't really going to add anything, actually. Just yeah, the uncertainty and he's worth so much money as well. So you can get some decent trade-ins for him. Yep.
0: And same with Danny Drinkwater. Um, Scotty Drinkwater, not Danny Drinkwater. Thinking Danny about, Drinkwater. Going uh, to the EPL there for a little bit. Um, for Scott Drinkwater, a uh, question from Daniel. Um, is he a must-sell or can you hold him? Obviously, we've kind of discussed it. But I guess in terms of the, the merits behind holding Drinkwater, we haven't really discussed what like, the upside is if you do hold him. Right, like if you if you hold him, is it worth the value you're going to get from him from him for the last three rounds compared to trading him up to another 800k plus player? Yeah, I guess it depends how much
1: you're uh, like how good your your squad is. If you've got a decent reserve that can come in and still do a job for you, or if you're really sacrificing, if you if it means you're going to have to play like a, a hands or a or a buller or someone like that that's going to potentially score you a sub-40. Um, but I don't know, mate. I think Scott Drinkwater, arguably the top... For these last four, like after he's by, arguably the top three in the top three winger fullbacks after probably Ponga and Luttrell. I think he's definitely in that conversation with um, with some of the other guys there. So that's kind of the the flip side of the coin for me. And he's got, you know... Decent enough matchups We've seen him light it up at various points In recent history, the Cowboys are going to need to win So You'd imagine they kind of give him a license To, to throw it around a bit So there's definitely some merits in, in holding him as well I think
0: Yep, yeah, that's fair uh, Question from my: If you could only have one Who would you go, SJ or Cleary? Cleary Okay, so let's let's weigh this up, right? You've got Cleary for the next three, maybe four weeks, if he's not uh, if he's not rested, or you have Johnson with the matchups that the Warriors have, being that of the the Tigers this week, Manly next week, and then the Dragons Dolphins last two weeks.
1: Yeah, I guess it's actually closer than than I originally thought, but I think I'm still leaning Cleary. Like, there's every chance Johnson could get rested for that last week as well with the Warriors kind of tying up that top four spot and are kind of in an awkward position where I don't think they're going to catch the Broncos and be in a top two position, unless the Broncos really choke. Um, looking at the ladder now, yeah, they've got a little bit of breathing room from teams like the Raiders, especially given the, the for and against as well. So, yeah, look, I think it's pretty close do like the Sean Johnson matchups but Cleary can just yeah he's just so consistent and can do it without getting all of these attacking stats that Sean Johnson kind of needs yeah. so that's
0: why I'm leaning there yeah i think that's fair i mean the fact that Johnson got a 96 with two tries and Cleary got a 91 with no tries is the is enough um argument to be honest for them it's just if if Cleary gets rested, you won't know until the last round, right? If Cleary gets rested round twenty-seven, then Johnson was obviously the better choice because he's got three games over Cleary's four, um, and that's the only way you'll know. So if you if you know that the the Panthers are going to rest players the last round, then Johnson. But no one really knows, so Cleary's the safest bet. Great, and that's oh, I guess we've got another question from Jack. Um, he's asking about Cody Walker. Um, pretty much. Um, he said, is he a sell? But, I mean, not a lot of people would have had Cody Walker in the first place. So, yeah, Cody Walker. What are your thoughts around him, to be honest? don't mind him. Um, they obviously have a bye at the
1: end here, but he is historically someone who kind of finishes the seasons quite well. So, I don't mind him as a, as a pod, but if you're going to use him to, to make your way up to a Cleary or something like that, I definitely don't mind that option as well but i kind of like the way jack's thinking there with going pod in in the Harbs. i traded in months last week didn't really work out for me but i think Harbs is a spot where you can can find a pod like like a monster like a cody walker like a dc moses
0: and and make ranks that way yep i think at least for the next two rounds i really like cody walker um the matchups being the Dragons and the Knights. I mean, they have a by twenty six, and then they play the Roosters. The Roosters are still a decent matchup as well. Um, just might not be as many points on offer as there is against the Dragons this week. So what he
1: did a couple of years ago, where they put was like sixty six 0 or something.
0: The Rabbitohs put on, them. yeah. Do you remember that? And I mean, Walkers had some pretty decent scores um, this year as well. Obviously, that being between scores of like twenty and thirty. But he's put up put up some pretty, you know, pretty big scores in the 70s and 60s when he gets on those attacking raids and can get a few try assists and some tries. So, you know, you just need a couple of those to jag his way. Um, and, yeah, he'll be right up there with some of the best halves in the game. But consistency is his biggest issue. Yeah, for sure. Righto. Good ep again, Josh. Uh, any imparting words for our listeners? This has become my favourite part of the show, actually, just seeing what you are. What it's seeing what I put out there. Um, <laughs> I guess, first of all,
1: shout out to all the Champions League folks out there, anyone doing their draft finals. Hope you go well. And, yeah, to everyone, hope you brain it this week.
0: Fair enough. Classic. Good luck, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Footy Brains Podcast please follow us at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And if you'd like to further support us in what we do, you can do so through Patreon. All links are in our socials bio or through the link tree in the episode description. Good luck, and we'll see you next week.